What is up, everybody? It is Saturday morning, January 23rd, 2021. It's New Year, y'all, and we're still keeping it going. It is episode 15 of the Put It In The Group Chat podcast. I am Brian Shepard, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here to tell you that this week we have an incredible episode for you. We talk about Shaquille O'Neal's comments about Donovan Mitchell. We also talk about why Eric Bieniemy still does not have a head coaching offer, and so much more. There's a lot to go over. But before we get into everything, we have to talk about Hank Aaron, his passing. We also play a game called Real News versus Fake News. I wonder where we got that from. But there's just a lot to get to in this episode. Make sure that you stay locked for this full episode. And I'm going to shut up and let y'all get to it. It's episode 15 of the Put It in the Group Chat podcast. Peace. It is January 20, let me, January 22nd is yeah, episode 15, yeah. 15 of the Put in the Group Chat podcast. If you're listening for another week, I appreciate you coming back, for coming to listen. Um, and if you're a new listener, welcome in. Um, the way we do things here is we have our warm-up, we have our first half, we have our second half, then we have our overtime. Um, and I am here. Uh, my name is Ryan Shepard. I'm here with James and Gerald. How are y'all doing? Doing all right, doing all right. Another rare Friday, you know, just trying to pack got cleared, so I'm ready to go. Uh, you know. But that's about that's about it. I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing straight. You know, uh, you know, Celtics looking terrible for a while without Jason Tatum, so that's that's a bit depressing. But on the bright side, Tom Brady might be able to go to ten. So I'm fifty fifty right now. For those of y'all that are not watching on YouTube, um, Ger- Ger- Gerald has on a Celtics gear. James has on his Kansas City stuff. Me, I'm just representing my high school. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, for um, there's some good stuff we have to get into. Um, Before we get into there, we usually do our warm-up. If you haven't paying attention to what's going on in the world this week, uh, some stuff that happened in Washington, D.C., Um, a lot of stuff. you know, Jennifer Lopez was out there. I don't know if she was thinking, like, let's get loud. This land is my land. And the Shanti song, I don't know what she was singing. Um, Kamala Harris also became the first Black vice president. Um, first, a lot of things. First, South Asian American. I was about to say, yeah, I ain't just, I ain't just first, Black. 
first vice president, first graduated of an HBCU to become vice president, first member of a D9 organization to become vice president, a lot of different things. Um, I also think she might be the first uh, person from California to become vice president too. Um, I haven't looked that up, but I believe she's the first or the second, um, which is surprising considering there's so many people in California. Um, but there's that. Um, Donald Trump is also out of the White House. He's now back in the most fitting place that he could be in Florida um, because it's Florida. Um, so in honor of getting Donald, Donald Trump moving out of the White House, um, today's game is called Real News or Fake News. Um, I'm going to give y'all some stories, some news stories, some quasi news stories, and you're going to tell me if they are real or they are fake. Um, so we are going to start with one that was rather straightforward. Um, earlier this week, uh, reports came out that the Olympics that were originally scheduled for last summer are now out of the way because of COVID. So they will be canceled. Is this a real news story or a fake news story? Uh, that's that sounds that sounds like a real news story. I'm gonna go. Yeah, that sounds real. That sounds real. So it's it's real that people were circulating this news that it was not going to happen. But in fact, the Olympic Committee has said those um, those statements that the Olympics are canceled are quote unquote categorically untrue. Now, does this mean that they're not going to eventually cancel them? We don't know this at this point, but they're saying right now they are not canceled. Mm. So we'll still have the Olympics. Um, how we're going to do this, I don't know, but they're figuring out a way to do it. Um, uh. Second news story comes sort of out of the NFL. Um, earlier this week, uh, reports circulated that Tory Lanes was going to have charges dropped against him involving um, an alleged shooting involving Megan Thee Stallion. After this news circulated, a Baltimore wide, Ravens wide receiver by the name of Des Bryant tweeted, and I quote, salute to a real one, Tory Lanes. He then spent the next few hours being criticized on Twitter. I'll put that nicely. Is that a real news story or a fake news story? That's not real. I'm going with real. That sounds like something Dez would exactly do. Yes, Dez, who is accused of being in physical altercations with his mother and the children, his children's mother, did in fact tweet that. Oh, boy, that's not okay. Uh, <laughs> that's geez, not that's... funny. Like, that's just terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. Salute to a real one. Like, ah, come on, Dez. And the news story that the news, quote unquote, of uh, that charges against Tory Lanez involving a firearm charge. He has two firearms charges that he's facing. Those have not been dropped. Um, and just legally speaking, Megan Thee Stallion cannot drop those charges because they've been filed by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office. So 
they can't, she can't drop those charges. Um, so she will be in court sometime next month. I don't know. They haven't announced whether this is going to be a public trial or not a public trial because he has pleaded not guilty. So that will happen. Um, our last news story comes from the UFC. Mm. Um, earlier this week, it was announced that travel in Abu Dhabi would, I mean, in Dubai, excuse me, and Dubai would be basically canceled due to a large COVID-19 outbreak. Um, this weekend, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier are supposed to fight on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, which for context are about an hour and a half apart in the UAE. Um, Dana White was asked about this and when asked about it, he said, quote unquote, I don't care about COVID. We are going to have this fight, end quote. Is this a real news story or a fake news story? That sounds real. Uh, did he say that on Stephen A's thing? He just said it to a group of reporters. Oh, okay. It, this just sounds real. It's the same man that was willing to buy an island to keep UFC going. There's no way this isn't real. <laughs> this is not real. Whoa. Oh, okay. So there is a COVID-19 outbreak in Dubai. They are fighting in Abu Dhabi, but Dana White has not been publicly asked about this. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he's actually thinking. They're going to have this fight. <laughs> this fight is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that, that's, 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 our, that's our warm up. Um, um, just to get, um, I wouldn't necessarily say this is sad news out of the way, just to kick off. Um, early this morning, we found out that Henry Hank Aaron passed away at the age of 86. Um, he's best known um, for breaking the home run record back in the 70s. Um, he finished with 755 career home runs, which has only been broken by, of course, Barry Bonds. Um, civil rights activists. Uh, and I think one of the things that's kind of just been overlooked is how good of a baseball player Hank Aaron was. Like when we talk, about, we talk about Jackie Robinson, we talk about Hank Aaron, less so with Willie Mays, I think people recognize how good Willie Mays was, but we started talking about like those first black baseball superstars. We mm-hmm. talked more about the stuff that they had to overcome and not necessarily about how good they were. Cause Hank Aaron's, Still played in the Negro Leagues, if I'm not mistaken. I would have to look that up, but he was he was born in 1934, so I would assume. I think he played in the Negro Leagues at one point. He would have had to at some point. Right. I forget who he played for, but I think he he played in the Negro Leagues. But uh, I was just reading some of the stuff because they had um, Tim Kirkian on first tape, and they were just running down some of the stuff like he's. He played in 24 All-Star games. Right. Yep. That is ins- that's that is insane and like just just going through it like he's one of only I believe 11 players to have their number retired by two teams. He's got right. He finished top 10 
in MVP voting, I think, at least six times. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I know, like the more important stuff is to talk about all the things that he had to overcome. But like, I just don't think we bring up just how good, like the guys that were able to make that jump from the New New Negro Leagues to Major League Baseball, they didn't just get in partially on the MLB's part. It was a PR move, but also like these were the best of the best players. And they're balling out, balling out, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, all the black guys were really, you know, him. Uh, I don't think Bob Gibson played in the Negro Leagues. I don't think so. But Bob Gibson died this year. Yeah. But all of those first black baseball players, like him, Bob Gibson, uh, I'm trying to think who else played for the Dodgers. It was like Jackie. Jackie, yeah. Larry Doby. And then Roy Campanella had an accident. And he wasn't able to play. But he, he was he was the catcher though for a while. Uh, I think Larry Doby was a pitcher or whatever. And uh, I'm trying to think a lot. A lot of those guys are Hall of Famers. Mm. Like, no doubt. Um, and then a lot of the guys who didn't play in the major leagues are Hall of Famers too, thanks to, you know, um, a lot of a lot of people give credit to Ted Williams' speech, but a lot of that is just because, um, you know, that we're good baseball players. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hank was – like, if you know baseball, you know Hank Aaron might have been one of the coldest players to ever play. Like, I still hear stories about how he was getting death threats and coming with the security when he was on his way to tie Babe Ruth on record. Like, people did not want to see him win that. And, like, he broke it. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like he's the first ever dude to unanimously be put into the Hall of Fame, like, that speaks for itself. Don't matter what your color is. Yeah. All right. All right. I was looking up as you guys were talking. He did play two years in the Negro Leagues for the Indianapolis Clowns. Made $200 a month in the 1950s. I don't know what that equates to today, but I know that's not a lot of money. But, like, just rest in peace to Hank Aaron and everything that he did. And also, one thing that I did I didn't realize it until today when I was like going over like baseball reference and different things. He never hit 50 home runs in a season. Hmm. He was just really, nah, yeah. he was just really, really consistent. Right. Yep. Um, also uh, has the record for RBI uh, right now and uh, has the record for total bases, hmm. which is crazy. Um, yeah. I think. I also heard saw somebody else tweet like, if you took away all of his home runs, he would still have three thousand hit. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was cold out here, man. Like, yeah. Go level players. Like by any metric, you know. We, I mean, we got different metrics for baseball at the time. But it's like, you know. <laughs> I mean, by any metric, these guys are cold for sure. Mm-hmm. And we're losing a generation of them just because they're getting older and stuff like that. So, I mean, he shouldn't have to die for us to have this conversation for sure. Also, just shout out to Rachel Robinson, still out here, 
at least she's 90 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on from Hank Aaron making history to I have mixed feelings about this. The Washington football team continuing to make history. Um, on a brighter note, they did promote um, Jennifer King. Um, she's now the first black woman, woman period, um, to become a full-time coach in the NFL. Um, she, she's not new to any of this, but she, she worked as an assistant under Ron Rivera in um, I think an intern under Ron Rivera in Carolina. She played professional women's football for 11 years. Um, she also coached in the um, AAFL, I think it was. It was like, it was one of the leagues that was running the same time the XFL was running when they started try to do offshoot leagues, but she coached there. Um, she played college softball and basketball. So she's been around. She worked this year. She worked as um, an intern under Randy Jackson, who was the running backs coach. And I know a lot of the like attention for Washington went towards that defense and Chase Young breaking out. But outside of that, their running back production for Washington has been really good. Just especially with Antonio Gibson, I believe he's in his first or his second year. Um, almost a thousand yards, eleven touchdowns. But adding on to that, they also hired their first, the team's first black GM, mm. um, earlier today. So it's going to be the first NFL team with a black president, a black GM, and a woman coaching. Which raises the question: Given where they were at the beginning of the season to where they are now is this am i wrong to be skeptical of why they hired all these people uh no um the black guy the gm if i'm not mistaken he came from like some type of company whereas like i forget what company he came from but it's like he's not all the way down with the cause which is fine i mean whatever i mean uh you, you don't have to be like, you know, Malcolm X to get a GM job at the uh, NFL. But um, I, I'd be skeptical, too. I mean, it's good opportunities for those people. But, you know, Ron Rivera got hired for a reason. Alex mm-hmm. Smith is there for a reason. Uh, and it's not because they were, like, the best hires either. Like, Alex Smith is there to make people feel good. That's just what it is. Um, but yep. this is the first – I mean, this is the same organization that, you know, had Doug Williams. So, it's like – it's not new to that. But it doesn't make anything – it doesn't change anything with the name, right? Uh, yeah. So, I just – you know, they they made a mistake. Like, you know, they didn't change that name for a while. And I, and I say the same thing about the Chiefs. Like, I think Chiefs should probably change the name, that type of thing. But, you know, just because the Chiefs have Pat Mahomes doesn't mean, like, the name shouldn't be changed, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, using black people as, like, you know, ways to, you know, excuse the 
excuse your um, sins against the indigenous don't really help. So, I mean, yeah, I, look, this is an organization that's also coming off of an owner who was going through a sexual scandal not too long ago. So obviously this is not the most trustworthy person team to make this move. But in all fairness, the Ron Rivera move, seeing as they are, what, seven and nine with quarterback injuries and no real star quarterback, an offense that was constantly uh, – an offense <laughs> that was uh, constantly in flux and still was able to make the playoffs, bad division or not, is impressive. And honestly, I have heard good things about Jennifer King. Like, I know when uh, Ron Rivera took the time off because of the cancer situation, like they were saying, like when she immediately stepped up, she was helping out in ways that they didn't see. And they were like, oh, dang, she knows a shit. So like, I think she might actually benefit from this, but obviously with this organization, you can never really tell. Yeah, I would also just say, um, I, I have my, my questions about it. Um, I'm glad that it's happening, but it, I, I do have my questions about it. Like you have Jason Wright, who played in the league, played college football, but he also worked with McKinsey and Company, which is a large consulting firm. Like if you think of a comp- major company, they probably worked with McKinsey at some point. Hmm. Um, and then you also have their new GM, Martin Mayhew, who was the Lions GM from, I believe, 2008 to 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily, I can't blame those years on him because it's Detroit. Um, but it's not that great of a, it's an upgrade, definitely considering where they can go as long as they get a quarterback. But I mean, we're going to see, like, we're going to see what this coaching staff can do because earlier today, Dwayne Haskins landed in Pittsburgh and we're going to see what that's going to mean if. If Mike Tomlin can make that work with Dwayne Haskins and y'all couldn't make it work, I'm not necessarily it's going to say Ron Royer is a bad coach because obviously there's, there's more weapons in Pittsburgh than there are in Washington. But I'm trying to see, like, where are they going with this quarterback search because I, I don't really know what they're going to do. I don't know how far they can go without having a quarterback. I don't even know if you can give him the weapons excuse. I mean, Logan Thomas is definitely the best tight end out of that group. Terry McLaurin has been one of the more underrated wide receivers since he's been drafted. And obviously Antonio Gibson is just better than any running back Pittsburgh has at the moment. So, (laughs) I mean, Dan Snyder has drafted three black quarterbacks, though. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad what's going on is going on. But that doesn't mean it doesn't always it doesn't always correlate. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like Dan Snyder's the same guy who didn't want to change the name, but drafted three black quarterbacks. It's not it's not linear as that much as uh, as I would put it. So um, yeah, I mean that's good for those people though. I'm I'm glad they're getting their opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah, but you know that doesn't make the Washington football team any less. You know that doesn't that doesn't take away from that history. You know. Yeah. So we still have to wait to see what the name is because we're coming up on a year since this happened in a couple months, um, which is when they said they would start rolling out a new name, and we haven't heard anything about it. I don't, maybe they'll stick. I don't really care what the name is. Like it's the NFL. 
you just put Washington in front of it and say it's an NFL team, people gonna watch it. Um, so there's that. I also wanted to ask y'all, do y'all, I'm not even gonna ask about head coaching positions because as we can see, that that is a mess right now. But could you see in the next 20 years there being a woman working as a, as a coordinator in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, if okay, Sean McVay didn't play in the NFL. Um, Kyle Shanahan didn't play in the NFL. Um, I know that they are sons, but let let one of these people have a daughter that likes football and knows about football, and that that'll be happen. What there will be a white woman head coach. Like I don't, we don't have to play about that. Like. Like, there's going to be a white woman head coach at one point. Mm. Like, we saw it in the NBA, like, um, with uh, Becky Hammond. Right. Yeah, like, there's going to be a white woman head coach. I don't – now, I think the better question is, are all the women going to be able to head coach? The answer to that is no, because we see that. We see that with EB. We see that with people who are – like, all the women aren't going to be able to coach. That's just what it is. But there is going to be a white woman head coach at one point. Because one, one of these GMs is going to have a daughter that knows about football, that can do the analytics, and that's what's going to happen. Hmm. I mean, so, is isn't I, – I don't mean to, like, get long-winded on this, but I – the – I think the better question is, is the system going to change towards everybody has the opportunity? Because I don't think having a woman head coach is going to equal having an opportunity for everybody to coach. So, I mean, that's just my take on it. Um, nothing against white women. They're fine people. But I just, you know, that, that just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so. I I, I'm not obviously I'm not, I'm not skeptical if there's a woman deserving of it because I feel like Jennifer King's deserving of being a coach right now, being more than a, an assistant to be honest with you, considering how long she's been doing this and the fact that she she may have played NFL football but she played football, mm-hmm. um, and as you mentioned, there's coaches that haven't even played football beyond high school. Um, I mean, Sean McVay played in college. But I mean, people play in college. Like, Urban Meyer played in college, but yeah. he didn't play in the pros. I don't think – did – I don't think Andy Reid played in the pros, to be honest. I don't think, think Reid played in the pros. Who? Gruden. No. No, no, no. Like, I could – what else I was getting to is, like, I don't – I. I believe in the next 20 years we will see a woman working as GM before we see one working as a coordinator. But I'm saying, and I, deserving is the wrong word because nobody right. gets a job that deserves. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, my only theory is this: is it's going to take one of those families, like okay, if Marty Schottenheimer had a daughter that was as good as drawing plays as Brian was, she'd be on the OC. It's just it's just a matter of like. What which daughter is gonna have like 
this offensive mind that people think like white people have. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. And I hate to be the guy who's like, well, white women, you know, and black men and stuff like that. I'm just talking about in general, like black people are not seen as like offensive or defensive, like specialty people. So like a coordinator. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could see a woman being a coordinator. I don't think it's going to be the woman that we just talked about. No. No, it's not. Yeah. She could, I, I believe she will be a positions coach. I don't know if she'll get to a yeah. but I believe she will be a positions coach at some point. I don't think you make that jump from hiring, from intern to hiring her as an offensive assistant full-time if you, you're not at some point planning on making her a positions coach. I think yeah, going, but she, yeah. Would she have a quality control? Probably. No, she wouldn't. I don't think she's quality control. But you know what I say. You know yeah. why I say that. I say that yeah. to cheat. But it's like, was she ever quality control? Like, no. She it's just it's just all one. It's 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 irritating to me because like yes, this is supposed to be a sign of progress. Mm. But that that woman is not gonna be a head coach. She's not gonna be an offensive oh. coordinator. She's not. I don't I don't think I don't think we're real far from a woman being a head coach. Just considering we can't get qualified black people, black men as head coaches at the moment, like we haven't, we haven't even crossed that boundary yet. Uh, no, but that's not that's not the that's not. I think that's the wrong comparison to make because I'm not trying to juxtapose black men or white women. No, I wasn't saying. I, I was sorry. I was just. I wasn't saying like white women and specifically. I was talking specifically about Jennifer King in that instance. No. Oh. Okay. Is is there going to be a white woman? Oh, is there going to be a woman head coach? Yes. Is it going to be Jennifer King? No. No, no. Okay. That's 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 the only thing <laughs> I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of um, head coaches, um, the movement for Eric Bieniemy to be a head coach has been going on for a really long time, but it's starting to pick up more steam. Um, obviously this week, um, the Eagles hired their head coach, not a black person. Um, and now we're starting to see players come out and speak about it. Specifically, the aforementioned, um, Alex Smith, he was on the Yahoo Sports podcast, um, with Therese Paler and mm. she said this. Through a hiring cycle where Eric Bieniemy still yeah. hasn't been hired and yeah i mean you can lend a really important voice to this alice can you tell me and explain to our listeners what this guy brings to a room to a facility and are you surprised that he hasn't gotten a job yet as a head coach yeah i mean i i think it's ridiculous that that he hasn't been hired yet so i know that the interview process is weird with the team that's still in it you know and and uh but but regardless i don't i don't i don't, I don't see how you can excuse it um, I think Eric's number one quality, and it was apparent from the first day I met him, uh, was his leadership, leadership ability, a true leader of men. Uh, here's a guy that had played for a long time, was a, a great teacher, uh, commanded respect because he gave respect. Also, I, I, I also, you know, in the NFL, you, there's sometimes you got these good luck coaches, I feel mm-hmm. like, and, and you're about <laughs> to take the, you're, about, you're about to take the field and okay, good luck. And you're like, well, you know, for me, I was, I was like, why aren't you going out there with us? Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, aren't you, 
aren't you in it with us? And for me, EV is the epitome of the opposite of that. Like, oh yeah, he, he's I in think it. If he could, if he could have strapped him up and go out there with you, <laughs> he's he ready would. to go. He, he would, and I think that was something for me that I love so much uh, playing for him because it was like I, I, I felt that like we were all going out there together. We were in it together. Uh, he brought that energy every single day, the passion, and then I think you know coming from. He's a guy that there's not a facet of the game on offense that he hasn't been incredibly involved in, from protections to the run game to the pass game. Um, he, he knows it all. He knows this stuff. And then obviously I think uh, to have been in that system, to have been, you know, kind of groomed and brought up, uh, you know, with all those guys, certainly with Andy, but certainly to see obviously Doug and Nags. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't see how you could be more ready. So that's basically what he had to say about him, just for full context, um, Terrence Paler is a former Kansas City Star reporter. Mm-hmm. So that kind of paints the picture of his relationship with Eric Bieniemy. Um, but we're starting to see like more players speak out about it, and then he was recently asked about it. And to be honest with you, this is the first time I've ever heard Eric Bieniemy talk for an extended length of time. Like I've seen <laughs> tie lines before, <laughs> but that was always been the questions like, what is Eric? Enemy, like, because we don't talk to coordinators that often. They're I not, mean, I've heard him speak before. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets you ready, don't you? Like, he has he has a charismatic personality, I guess that is the best way I could put it. You'd like be if, ready to strap up, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, dang, okay, we do need to do this this week. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'll be, I watch Arrowhead Pride, you know, because I'm a Chiefs fan, and I'll, I'll watch him every so often. And it's, uh, yeah, he be, I don't even play football. He be having me ready to strap up. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. These are the keys to the game. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. You know, but. Do you think yeah, it's better more so now if players start to, because obviously fans have been talking about it, media members have been talking about it. Do you think it'll make a difference to, GMs and owners, if people like Deshaun Watson are like, you need to interview this guy. Alex Smith, who played for him, say, hey, you you need to interview this guy. This guy should have a head coaching position. Do you think that'll have an effect on it at all? I mean, wasn't that kind of happening before this offseason kind of took place? And then, like, ah, he really should have a job, especially when you see, like, Cerrone has a job with Philadelphia and, like, the dude has, like, no coaching experience. <laughs> so, I'm like, how did they get to that conclusion over Eric Bieniemy? Like, some of the hires this year over him just don't make any sense. So, I'm not against anybody getting hired. So, like, Joe Judge is fine. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is fine. Mm. Uh Flores, obviously, is fine, but I can't point to a guy that says, and this is including Andy Reid, right? Mm-hmm. I can't point to a guy and say, like, oh, no, he deserves his job, right? So I just don't – I don't think it, it works that way. But also, these guys aren't, like, original. It's not – it's not like Kevin Stefanski thought of putting people in motion. You know what I'm saying? It's like 
there are a whole lot of things that white people do that are seen as genius, but when black people do them, it's like somehow, somehow it just don't count the same. Um, like Sean McVay, the play fake. He does everything out of out of like he does everything from motion and he does everything off of play action, right? Mm-hmm. You know who runs a lot of play action? The Chiefs. Okay, no. Kevin Stefanski. Seventy percent of this stuff is in motion. Whatever he's supposed to be, this genius or whatever. That's why. That's why they fire McCarthy and hire Stefanski, right? Or Lafleur. I'm sorry. I keep on saying Stefanski. I mean Lafleur. Mm. You know who runs a lot of motion? The Chiefs. So it's like I. I just don't understand why he doesn't have a job, but I. I. I do understand why he doesn't have a job. You know. So. In all fairness, I do think like. I mean, Stefanski's name to fame was literally Kirk Cousins at one point was an MVP candidate. And we're like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. Something's up there. So I think that was like Kevin's big thing. But I do agree with you kind of like with Joe Judge, especially like as a New England fan, because like, yeah, you know, special teams was great with Joe Judge and everything. But it's just like, I mean, it's not like he's changing the game with like a special team scheme or whatever. Like it's it was weird. I don't know. The reason you hire special teams coaches is because they get people to do stuff they don't want to do. Right. They're leaders of men. That's why Harbaugh is on the Ravens, right? Mm -hmm. That's why Tomlin – I don't know. Tomlin won special teams, but that's why Tomlin is with Pittsburgh. They're Mm -hmm. leaders of men or whatever. Yeah. That's – okay, that's fine. So what what about this dude speaks to, like, he can't lead men? Like, I don't – I don't – I just don't understand that fact. And he's led the offense, the best offense in the league, you know, for the last three years, or, I mean, top five at least. And he's won a Super Bowl, right? They're still trying to give Josh McDaniels jobs. <laughs> you know, and it's obvious how that worked out in uh, in Denver. I'm not saying he's going to be the best coach ever. I don't know if he's a guru of offense. All I'm saying is the same stuff we talk about white people having these, having these like intuitions and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It's, I don't understand why when a black guy has a resume like that, we don't see the same thing. It's almost, it's weird in the sense that it's, it feels like people are saying he's not qualified because he's so good and he has people around him that are good. It's like, well, he's got Patrick Mahomes. Well, you rather him have Daniel Jones? Like, oh, he, he's coaching under Andy Reid. You'd rather him coach under Kevin Stefanski? Like, would that get him a job quicker? No. But we it's – it's Run out of options. We've – there's – I don't like accusing people of doing, I don't like using the word racist unless I am 1000% sure because people typically get caught up in the word racist and not the problem at hand. But there is, there's nothing. He has the personality. He has the resume. He has the tangible things that you need to be a coach. You have players vouching for him. You have, the Texans literally have a franchise quarterback that wanted you just to interview the guy. And he's ready to walk out the door in part because it was so difficult for you to interview the guy. People are going out of their way to do dumb things to not interview him or not give him a shot at a job. 
Like we we're literally people are hurting their franchises to not give him a shot. Not even hire him, just give him a shot. But it's not just him though. It's yeah. not just him. Why 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 is Jim Caldwell? Why Jim Caldwell get fired? Just like there's even like there's assistant coaches not like we talk all season. People have been talking all season trying to sell me on Justin Herbert. You know who his quarterbacks coach is? Pep Hamilton, mm-hmm. a black man. Yep. He ain't been interviewed for nothing. But I'm just talking about it in general. Like, yeah, that's that's another one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Marvin Lewis got fired. I know. I know. Gerald's <laughs> Gerald Gerald called for that one. But I'm just saying, Marvin Lewis, J- Jim Caldwell, all these dudes, man. Lovey Smith. Way back in the day, man. Yeah. Like, like we, it's, you can find an excuse to fire anybody. And I'm not saying those guys should have kept their jobs. I'm not saying, yeah, I don't know what's going on internally, right? Because sometimes you have like Mark Jackson situations where they just don't get along. But it's not, there's not a whole lot of people arguing to keep black folks. But we can argue that, oh, well, this white dude was a good interview. Like Kiff Clinsbury, right? I'm not saying, again, he, he's a good hire, right? I think, I think that air raid offense is good for what they do and whatever. There was no evidence to, to hire him, though. He had Pat Mahomes, and they didn't do, they didn't do well at Texas Tech. Yep. You know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand. It, it just it it is beyond me why these why the rules keep changing for black people. And like this year, like it's just as evident because it's just like, what are the knocks on him? Okay, well you know he's the offense coordinator and his coach is Andy Reid, so we don't know how much is like Andy Reid or how much is Eric Bieniemy. I mean, the last time we had that question was Brian Flores, and he's turned the Dolphins completely around in the last year and two. And, like, even if you had that argument, like, okay, well, I still don't want to hire him. So what are you going to do, Lions? You're going to hire Dan Campbell, who's the tight ends coach of the New Orleans Saints, and the assistant coach, a Sean Payton, who is also an offensive coordinator. So, I like, I don't understand the excuses and how they, like, translate because they're not making sense anymore like it's just made up at this point man and going on i know romeo cornell is black (laughs) everybody on that damn parcells treat and got a job (laughs) multiple jobs everybody on the damn belichick treat and got a job and i know flores is black but i'm saying everybody got a job Mm -hmm. you know everybody got multiple jobs and like you look up and you're like, why was that guy hired? You know, the majority of those people are white, but I understand, you know, you can talk about, uh, you know, Cornell and um, Flores. But, my goodness gracious, man. Like, there's just, like, what about Matt Nagy and uh, Doug Peterson? Like, that, that's crazy. And I, I just don't, I don't, you know, it just it doesn't make sense why being me hadn't is still there, let alone why he's not getting a job this year. Yeah, I mean the only that obviously that we know of, the only job that he's ever head coaching job he's ever been offered was the University of Colorado. Right. Oof. Oof. 
that's the only head coaching position he's ever been offered. So unless Nick Saban plans on retiring tomorrow and it doesn't look like any NFL team is going to hire him, that, that that looks like the only like job that would make him jump at this point because, like, why would I want to go be the Texans head coach? You are putting me in a position to fail. Like, and then next year, what? obviously we can't predict the future, but no offense to Joe Judge, I don't see this getting much better. Not necessarily it's entirely his fault, but I don't see it getting much better. Like there's 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 coaches that I could teams that I could tell you next year that are probably gonna need a new head coach that Yeah, not probably not the best situation. But just ending on that, um today is a anniversary of sorts of four black head coaches. Um this time in I want to say 2006 it was. Um, Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy won their respective conference championships on this day, um, setting up the first Super Bowl between two black head coaches. Mm. Yeah. Um, but moving along to other stuff in the NFL, um, Antonio Brown is out for the NFC title game. Mm. Um, so Tampa Bay will be heading to Green Bay. Um, it looks like Green Bay is playing as well as they possibly could, but obviously we all remember what happened last time they played. Didn't necessarily go so well. Do you think, do you think a re- regular season result, not necessarily just a regular season game, but a regular season result, that was that lopsided will have any type of impact on a playoff game this late in the season. It's hard to tell because in this playoffs, I mean, the teams that have lost those matchups have usually won. The Bucks lost two times to the Saints. They beat them this time around. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Titans. They got their win back. And you can sort of go down the line to the amount of wins we've had, like that Browns as well when they beat the Steelers. But the thing about this one is, is just like, it's not just the fact that they lost to Tampa so lopsided last time. The last time this sort of thing happened was last year with the Niners and then the Niners destroyed them again. So it's obviously there's going to be that lingering in their head, but I think green Bay is a different team. Like Aaron Rodgers has looks like a completely different player than he did the last time they played. Obviously Devonte Adams isn't injured this time. So that's going to be pivotal. Uh, Aaron Jones looks the best he's ever looked this season. I, I think Green Bay shouldn't look at this as, oh, we're facing a team that blew us out. They should be saying, like, nah, they ain't going to do that to us a second time. Did they have uh, Devontae? They had Devontae, but he was coming off an injury. Yeah, I mean, can't nobody hold that dude. Mm-mm. I mean, if Ramsey can't hold that dude, I don't know who can. Uh, you know, this is going to be some. Uh, I mean, I th- I think it doesn't matter hmm. uh, because, you know, week six and this week are going to be two different weeks. Um, I think it gives the Bucks confidence, like, yeah, we can't beat this team. Hmm. Uh, I don't think, like, the cold weather is going to be I – don't, I don't think that's going to matter. Uh, but, you know, I got the – I got the Packers just because I do think at the end of the day, like throwing three picks twice, I don't really see that for Aaron Rodgers. 
Uh, it could happen, but I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Mm. Um, so, and I mean, uh, who's the corner for uh, for the Bucks? Uh, depends. They've been locked. They've been locking everybody up. Jamal Dean. I think so. Or Sean Murphy Bunting. The the one that uh, Tyreek gave uh, two hundred and twenty two yards to. That was Dean, yeah. Yeah, he been locking everybody up though. Besides Tyreek, he been locking people up. So if he has a good game, you know, you never know. But he also gave up like two hundred fifty yards. Mm. <laughs> so you know, right? You know, and Devontae's a little bit better at route running than Tyreek. You know, uh, a little bit. You know, so. I do think uh, advantage the Buck does have this time around compared to like last game with the Saints. You can actually use Gronk now. Like, obviously the Packers D line is good, but it's not as good as the Saints D line. So you can actually sort of like slide Gronk finally into that tight end spot, which allows for better red zone targeting. So I I, I think the Bucks have a really good shot. It just depends on like if Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller can replace what AB brought to the table. Right. Right. Um, just also adding on to that, um, Antoine Midfield is also questionable. Um, and Dominican soon, obviously, he didn't practice on Friday. Uh, he's been out all week. Um, Jason Pierre Paul still in the league, also. On the um, but that brings us to our championship game. Um, Kansas City and the Bills. Um, week two of Battle of the Two Americas. Um, Patrick Mahomes has made it through concussion protocol. Um, and to no one's surprise, he is going to play. Uh, I would, that man's head would have to be falling off for him not to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not as big as Two Americas as you think. <laughs> but, uh, one and a half Americas, how about that? Um, I don't know if it's two of them on that one, but... You know, you you know who we rooting for, but I I, I get what you mean. You know who we rooting for. I, I I know who I'm rooting not to get in the Super. Bowl. I don't know if I'm necessarily rooting for the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm rooting for Josh Allen fans not to be happy. It has nothing to do with Josh Allen. It doesn't really have to do with Bills fans because I think Bills fans, as a fan base, don't bother. It's Josh Allen fans. The people are not there really for the Bills, but for there for Josh Allen. No, nah, it's Bills. It's Bills fans, too. They ran Tyrod out of town. Uh, if we can keep that 100. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> nah, it's, it's Josh Allen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, also, going back to the um, – quickly going back to the Bucks and Packers team, it's a three-and-a-half-point line. Um, Over-under 52. Tickets for the game are as low as $4,000. Ooh. For the for the Chiefs game, Packers nah, Packers Bucks. Uh, I was like, dang. Chiefs Bills it, point spread is three points. Kansas City is favored. Mm. Um, over under is fifty four, a little bit higher. Um, and tickets are as low as four hundred seventy eight dollars. Wow. Um, even with the Mahomes injury, they favored. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think anyone really expected them him not to play unless I'm surprised it took. Well, I guess it's. It's not surprising because you got to 
concussion protocol takes a certain amount of days to actually fully go through. Right. But I don't think anybody expected him not to play. And also, they've been playing so long at this point. It's just like, he doesn't need to practice. <laughs> like, he doesn't at this point. But he did, though. He did practice. Yeah, Wait, he, he practiced yeah. hard this week. Yeah. Um, but do you do y'all think that it's it's we're going to see Josh Allen not necessarily win or lose a game? Are we going to continue to see Josh Allen the way we have seen him, or or at any point during this playoff postseason, are we going to see the old Josh Allen start to creep back in? I don't know, man. I I guess I I mean. He didn't play a great game last week. Mm. He didn't. No, you're right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, he's a game manager. I think that's appropriate for him. He's a little bit more than a game manager. He's a game manager with a big arm, but you no, know, I don't. I think he could lose you a game for sure. Mm. Um, he's gonna put the ball in harm's way. One or two times a game, and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair to Josh Allen, throwing wise, he hasn't done like terrible this postseason. His real problem has been like fumbling because he's had like two strip sacks that could have swung the game, but the other team didn't capitalize. So he probably needs to cut it out with that a little bit. But I mean, yeah, he's got Stephon Diggs. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, Chief <laughs> secondary is pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Diggs is, you know, and Cole Beasley, you know, having that, you know, I remember what Edelman did, but I don't, I mean, I don't think the, the, you know, the, the Chiefs are that bad on defense. And also the Patriots weren't as good as the Bills this year on defense. Mm. On offense, so um, so I think that's a wash. But I don't, I don't know about Josh Allen, man. Like I think this is just a win for the white public. <laughs> like I just, it's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, the Chiefs could lose for sure, but I don't know what the I don't know what Josh Allen's gonna do, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I will say I feel like if considering Patrick and obviously they only know just how healthy he is at this point, I expect them to really rely on the run more so than they have in recent weeks just because Bill's run defense, we talk a lot about their defense. They've given up around 100 yards a game this year. Like You can't run on the Bills. Um, not necessarily say that they didn't do a great job against Lamar Jackson and them, but um, I, I do think that the Chiefs will be able to run the ball, and if they can get off to a fast start running the ball, stick with it. Why not? Why put Patrick Holmes in harm's way if you don't have to? Mm. Um, oh. so I would say look for that. Um, also, just speaking of the Ravens, um, Mark Ingram no longer with the Ravens. That hurt. Mm, what's up? <laughs> R.I.P. Big, big Trust. Big Trust. Woo-woo. <laughs> I'd trust. Tire, even, if they, if they could 
people. Yeah. But um, but like who do, who do y'all? I guess if they go to the same, they go the same. But who do you who do you see in the Super Bowl? And who would you like to see in the Super Bowl? Mm. Okay, so I already told James about this. My want is Brady Mahomes five in the Super Bowl in Tampa. I think that would be the best way to cap off the season for me. Uh, who do I think will be in it? I, yeah, same thing, honestly. I mean, I think the Chiefs will win. I want the Chiefs to win, but I I don't I'm not I'm not totally sold on the Bucks. Um, I think the Packers and Chiefs will play uh, if I had to bet on it. But no, the Bills could win for sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, I'm not I'm not one of those people who thinks like the Chiefs can't lose because right. I mean, they can. But I mean, you know, they're gonna run the ball like that. Like last week, I don't know because Daryl had a. Uh, Hundred yards, yeah, and, and a touchdown. So, um, I mean, you never know. I'd like. I think. I, I I would like to see the Chiefs and the Packers in the Super Bowl, just because I feel like, for me, I've gone back and forth about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes this season. Mm. I would just like to see them play on the same field. I just for me that, was, um, and I think that's exactly what we're gonna get. Like I told you, I haven't believed in the Buccaneers all season. <laughs> he made it this far. <laughs> I still don't believe him. That's not. <laughs> um, I just I'm gonna keep saying Tom Brady needs to retire until he actually does. I don't, and it's gonna be wrong for a couple of weeks. I don't care. But the man's what forty two at this point? Forty three. Forty three years old. Man's too old to be out here. Um, and I'm sure Giselle would like him to stop playing. So I would just, I'm I'm a root for safety and precautions, and I'm a root for um, the Packers. I do something in the back of my head. Just keep saying that the Packers are going to blow them out for whatever reason. I just. The Packers are playing really, really well right now, and I don't – I don't necessarily feel like the Bucks have been tested in the playoffs. Like, mm. they played a pretty – I would, I shouldn't say they're bad, but not a great Washington team. Mm. You played a New Orleans team that had to pull in James Whitson because their starting quarterback is too old. Mm. This is, like, the first, like, test they've had this playoff – this postseason. As compared to the Packers, yeah, they played the Rams, but considering how the Rams looked the week before, yeah, I would say that's a that would be a tougher matchup. But I just, I think the Packers are playing just really, really well right now, and I think they're going to win. Yeah, I think the Packers are playing well. I would say though, don't misinterpret like a tougher team for a tougher matchup, because I think the Bucks' biggest problem has been if a D line can get to Brady, that's GG. And, like, Washington and the Saints both had two of the best D-lines in the league. So, I think when it comes to the Packer, they might have, like, a breath of fresh air that the D-line isn't as lethal as the other two were. 
Um, I'm just curious to see if they're gonna bring the house to Josh Allen. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm just. I I wonder what Spags got lined up. So. You think they about to zero blitz Josh? Uh, the Chiefs have been leading the league in zero blitz, actually. So they might, if they they can get to him. He big though. He a big motherfucker. You can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't bring that dude down, bro. He like he six foot five, man. <laughs> they might need to just bring five and call it a day, but we'll see. I also, um, Josh. I also remember it again that Josh Norman is in fact in Buffalo. Yeah, he's been out here. He's been, he's been on the media tour last few weeks, last few days actually. Talking about, oh, for real? yeah, he, he's been talking about how he's going to go one on one with Tyreek Hill. Oh I, no, I yeah, know. no, they're gonna put Trey on Tyreek Hill. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't know if that is his decision. Um, he also said that um, Allen, Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs are the best wide receiver quarterback combo in the NFL. <laughs> So, sure. do I look offended? Like, <laughs> like, I sure. I like he's back to feeling like he did when he was in Carolina, when he was talking all about Odell Beckham, and then as quiet as it kept, yes, Odell Beckham overreacted, and they won. The Panthers won that game. Odell Beckham lit his ass up <laughs> that entire We're game. Giving him work. <laughs> I was like, oh, bro, I. <sighs> The thing about Tyreek, man, it's like he put 250 on that dude's head, bro. Mm-hmm. I, in Tampa, yikes. <laughs> like, I think Devontae's better, and I think D-Hop are better, and I think Julio's better. But, boy, he be outbursting. I'll be like, dang, bro. Like, <laughs> you can't cover somebody one-on-one that should be running in the Olympics. That is what you, it's hard. It's hard. It to is. Do that. Yeah, it's hard to do that. Yeah. I don't know if it's, that's vision. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Um, that kind of wraps up first half on um, the NFL. We're gonna get into some basketball and some UFC and some side things going on uh, in a minute, but. Hey y'all, it's Ryan, and before we get into the next segment, I want to tell you about a new podcast I have called The Rap Show. That's right, The Rap Show. It comes out Monday through Thursday, every morning at 5 a.m. Central Time. And what do we talk about? Well, the R stands for R&B and rap, the A stands for and, the P stands for politics, and the show stands for show. Not too hard to follow. I talk about the intersections of politics, music, and so much more. Now, because of the way social media works and the 24-hour news cycle, I won't be breaking news on this platform, but I will be able to add some context because I know sometimes when we're going through our daily routines, it's hard to read a full article or read the whole Twitter thread or so on and so forth. But in a 10-minute quick episode every morning, I try to break down 
our biggest news stories in the country. So it ranges from music business deals to what's going on in Capitol Hill. You get it all in a little bite-sized daily piece every morning when you wake up. So make sure that you follow The Rap Show. That's right, P-H-E space R-A-P space show s-h-o-w it comes out every morning monday through thursday at 5 a.m make sure that you subscribe on all platforms so apple music apple podcasting spotify so on and so forth wherever you get your podcast the rap show will be there every morning at 5 a.m now let's get back into the number one podcast in the world just messing with you but put in the group chat podcast in the next segment we're going to talk about everything that's going on in the nba we also touch on a little bit of ufc and conor mcgregor and dustin poirier and a little bit more so just make sure that you stay locked subscribe to the put in the group chat podcast and the rap show i'm ryan i'll see you at the end peace But we are back uh, for the second half. Um, I guess we can start with something that happened not, I mean, around, not even a little bit of, I'm bad at math, around 16 hours ago. Um, Donovan Mitchell had a great game last night. Um, the Jazz are on a, now on a seven game winning streak and Donovan Mitchell, was doing an interview with um, Shaquille O'Neal, who we've spoken about before on this podcast. Um, And he said something about Donovan Mitchell, or to Donovan Mitchell, rather, that wasn't necessarily the nicest thing in the world. Uh, You are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. Um, so he said that it kind of <laughs> – I took it as motivation, like he was trying to motivate him. Mm-hmm. But other people took it as him trying to be disrespectful because he has a history of talking bad about players. Usually it's about big men. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a little bit different in the fact that he prefaced it with you're my favorite player in the league right now. But listening to that, did y'all take that as him trying to take a shot at Donovan Mitchell or him trying to motivate him? I mean, it, it seemed a lot like motivation, especially when he ended it with what you got to say about that, almost like he was trying to egg him on to sort of go back and forth with him. So it really did feel like Shaq was trying to get something out of him. But y'all thought I was playing when I was like, yo, to Shaq, it is a star in every other motherfucker on that team. That nigga don't give shit about nobody but a star. <laughs> Yeah, he tripping. He tripping. Talking about what you think about that? Like, <laughs> dang, bro. <laughs> bro, like I just got done really like playing a game. I'm not trying to deal with this. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. And it makes like Kevin Durant look like he was doing something too. It's like, oh man, both of y'all deserve each other, man. It's like, oh man. And then uh, Shaq though. Because he's been taking heat. I feel like the inside the NBA has taken a lot of heat over the last year. And for a variety of different reasons, but more recently because of the interview that we touched on briefly, but like 
Christian Wood calling him a casual, um, which was like I understood why Christian Wood was upset, but I also understand where Shaq was coming from because until late in the season last year, I had no idea who Christian Wood was. Christian Wood, yeah, that that's disrespectful too. But I mean, if they're gonna play that game, that's fine. Um, that whole casual thing is whatever. And then they also had the back and forth with James Harden. Oh. So it's it's been a lot um with inside the NBA and players. But I just I just woke up to the morning, I saw Shaq's name come up. Um and it was two things. It was um the story I sent to y'all about him becoming a Henry County Sheriff's Department public relations officer or whatever the hell the title is. And then this. Um but I'm sure tomorrow will be Charles Barkley. It'll be somebody else saying something. Luckily, it's never Kenny Smith. It never ends up being Kenny Smith. Um, Kenny, man. <laughs> it's because Kenny was, like, never an MVP-level player. Yeah. So he's not like, oh, okay. Like, Shaq, then there are only, like, a handful of people on the planet that are better at basketball than him. So it's like, he just be talking shit. <laughs> but, oh. Um, you know, and then that's just crazy. It's the old heads, man. And then, like, the people our age aren't really much better about it either. It's like, I'm not weird. Like, the casual stuff, that gets on my nerves, man. It's like, really, really? Shaquille O'Neal doesn't know the game of basketball? The Christian Wood, really? Okay. And it's just like, also, a lot of people know who Christian Wood was. For me, it was last, last end of last season before they cut off everything. Mm-hmm. I started to see his name more, but a lot of people had no idea who Christian Wood was until he landed with the Rockets, and the Rockets picked it up. And people were wondering why they gave him all that money. But it's not like people have known who Christian Wood was for a minute. Right. I mean, he was on Detroit. Like hey, Detroit don't really get the most publicity in the league. <laughs> the only reason we've seen them get publicity over the last year or so, why? Because they had at Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin. Yep. I think the last time I saw them in the headlines, they hired Big Sean to be some kind of creative director or whatever the hell it was. He gave him an office. No one's talking about the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, and Jalen Rose, I guess that's that's one person. Um, we're also going on the league, um, touching on Kevin Durant in the Nets. They've all come back <laughs> and played um, for the first time. Kevin Kyrie Irving ended his two-week, a little over two-week, um, I guess I'll say leave. Um, he spoke to the media. Um, it was a little rough. I watched the full 12 minutes interview or however long it was. First eight minutes was really, really rough. <laughs> so he decided that I'm um, finally going to start answering questions. Um, but he kind of just kind of said he addressed the people he needed to address. We still have no idea what the hell is going on. I don't care at this point. I care about the fact that the first game with James Harden, they gave 125 points to the Magic. And then this past week, they gave 147 to Cleveland. Is this going to be a problem going forward? 
or is this just like a new team still everybody getting used to each other kind of thing um none of those guys are all nba defenders so. <laughs> um that's just what it is i don't think any of them have made an all nba defensive team has kevin durant made all defensive ever so they're not gonna shut people down uh let me see no he has not made all defensive ever um so I think they think they're going to out-hoop people, which some nights they're going to lose. You know? I mean, hey. Um, Young Bull gave him 20 straight. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, Colin Sexton. I mean, we knew this was a defense was going to be a problem coming in. What I didn't notice, because I thought it was, all right, they're just waiting until, like, they get the full piece and then they'll run, like, defensive plays. They don't run anything defensively other than man. Like, I, <laughs> like no double teams, no, like, two-three zones. No, like, no, it's just man-to-man defense. Get your guy. We'll see what happens. Like, it is literally glorified street ball out there. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy to watch. <laughs> I don't think this is what Steve Nash envisioned. <laughs> like, well, you have to think, like, when Steve Nash took this job, Spencer Dinwiddie – Jared Allen, right? Mm-hmm. They were all on the roster. Roster. Yep. He did not envision this, but I guess you got to roll with when you're on the team. But I just people keep talking about like, oh, they're definitely going to make the championship, and I don't, I don't know. Like, like the Eastern Conference is not. We know there's a lot of good teams out there. Just People haven't been playing well. Toronto hasn't played well. Miami hasn't played well. Um, Boston, they've had COVID out, COVID issues. Mm-hmm. Sixers have had COVID issues. None of these, like the Knicks are a playoff team right now. That should explain to you all that. You know. ESPN tweeted out a, a Knicks graphic for the first time I've ever seen a Knicks graphic, at least, at least positively in the last, since Twitter's been a thing. Um, which is about a decade now. Apparently, they, they hold teams to the fewest points per, per game in the league. All right. What the right. goddamn do? But, like, that should tell you where we are. At the <laughs> Ain't nobody playing no f- – and it's a hun- they give 102 points per game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But giving up nearly 150 to Colin Sexton and Darius Garland after Kevin Porter threw food at people is not an accomplishment. That locker room – Team is the best right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they're not playing no defense. No, uh, I mean it's not like they've ever played defense though. Even one of those guys, none, no three of those guys have ever played any defense. Um, I, Oklahoma City had uh, Ibaka, Ibaka though. Yep, they needed Ibaka to protect the rim, and then you know. uh James Harden had Dwight Howard and then Clint Capella. Um, those guys were needed. And then, you know, Kyrie Irving had LeBron. LeBron, in his Miami days, was protecting the rim, though. Like, it was, you know, he's an all NBA defender. So I don't, I don't know, like, what 
you know, I you know, people trying to compare it to Miami. It's just it's just not gonna be that. So yeah, I, I just I just think when you have like three guys who just don't play defense and right. and you have Kevin Durant who's on the back half of his career, um it there gonna be some nights where it's just it's just not gonna look good. Hmm. I mean you can't out hoop everybody when you got hoopers all around. Like, I, I I guess that's what they think. Like, you know, we can dribble the best, so we the best team. Like, I don't, I don't know about that. This is such a big difference from where they were at Christmas Day. And they look phenomenal. <laughs> um, but going off of that, um, it's also, today is also the anniversary um, of Kobe Bryant scoring 81 against the Raptors. Um, next week will mark one year since Kobe Bryant's passing. Um, mm. Just a lot. It feels like it, that happened 10 years ago for me because of everything that's happened, but it's, it's really been a long year and just losing Kobe. Um, added to that, um, just wrapping things up. Um, FIBA Find Canada $230,000 for not traveling to a FIBA America qualifier in November due to the advice of an expert on COVID-19. I don't know if FIBA's doing, not sure what they're trying to prove with that. Um, but I guess we can, we can wrap up here, um, talking again about Kobe Bryant. One of the funnier things I saw um, earlier today was about Kobe and Jalen Rose. Um, Jalen Rose did something earlier today where he was talking about the first time Kobe talked to Dwight Howard that I thought was hilarious. Like I was standing right next to him at his camp when he first talked to Dwight Howard. And I'm going to say this now because they made amends. I've never said this before on Wax. When he got off the phone with Dwight Howard, because I know what that conversation was, I was standing right there. Dwight was excited. He was asking him about L.A. He was asking him about um, how he was going to help him make him better. He asked him, you know, about off the court. He asked him about everything. After he asked all of those questions, you know what Kobe said? I'm going to show you mofo how to get championships. What do you think about that? But here's the part that is the kicker that I would never say unless they made up. I was at his basketball camp. I spoke at his basketball camp. I was standing right next to him. He said shoes to my students for me doing it. He got off the phone with Dwight Howard. He said his head ain't in the right place. This ain't going to work. And it didn't work for me. See- um, that, that to me was the most Kobe thing I've heard. Um, just asking Dwight Howard all those damn questions just to get off the phone and immediately it's like, he ain't gonna win shit. Um, but that's Kobe for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, but that kind of wraps up the show. Um, uh, it's been a, it's been a, I shouldn't say it's been a slow week in sports, but it's been 
normal like i guess this we are getting back into normal everyday life which should be a positive um um this week obviously we got the conference championships conor mcgregor is coming back to fight in the ufc on an island somewhere where there's not covid um and there will be college basketball that i'm sure no one is really paying attention to unfortunately um is Zaga and everybody else though. Zaga also found out the other day. Baylor is undefeated. Did not know that. <laughs> Say you swear. Baylor gave KU to work the other night. But yeah. Baylor's undefeated. Um next week, um, next month we're getting we're getting I know I'm I'm bad with college football when I'm I'm excited to watch Miak and Swag football. That's how I know I'm getting bad with college football. Is it a celebration ball? Yeah, they're playing the celebration ball. They start playing late February into I think early April. Oh, they oh they playing a full season. Yeah, they they delayed their season to the spring, so now they're playing. Okay, cool. Um, but that's um I want to say goodbye to Josh Allen fans. Um, I hope you have a horrible weekend. Um, I hope you have a horrible weekend and a horrible year, Dana White. Um, and I also want to want to shout out all the casuals out there. There's nothing wrong. I know Christian Wood wants to make you feel bad. There's nothing wrong with being a casual. Okay, listen to this podcast. You could be a casual. You can be an expert. You can you can be whatever you want. You know, just don't listen to Christian Wood because majority of basketball fans did not know who he was. I guarantee you that. Um, with that being said, um, my name is Ryan. I'm here with James and Gerald. This is episode 15 of the Put It In Blue Chat podcast. We'll see you again next week. Um, yeah. Peace. And that's a wrap. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to us, to our returning listeners. Thank you for coming back each week and supporting us. It, it truly means a lot to myself. Gerald and James, for our new listeners, welcome to the family. If you want to keep up with us as we go through our weeks and we talk sports, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at P-I-I-T-G-C-Pod. It's the first letter of every word in the podcast. And yeah, I'm going to wrap this up because I am having trouble speaking today. Obviously, words are hard. But I do want to say thank you for listening to everything that we had to say. And I hope we were able to make your day just a little bit brighter and get your weekend off to a good start. So we'll be back next Saturday and every Saturday after that at 10 a.m. Central. I'm Ryan. This has been episode 15 of the Put It in the Group Chat podcast. Peace.